Good morning. I am so excited to be with you today. I am Jessica Wilson, um, a pastor here at Pathway, if I haven't met you yet. I am the children's and women's pastor here. And Pastor Marty is on vacation, getting some much-needed rest. So if you will lift them up this week, him and Julie this week, and their family, and pray that they get refreshed and enjoy their time off together. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about the word that God has put on my heart to share with you today. But before we get started, I just want to pray, and then we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this morning at Pathway. We thank you, God, for what you've already done in our 9 a.m. and what you're going to do here today during this 11 a.m. and the services that are to come. God, we know that today is all about you. God, we pray that you will be glorified today, that your heart will be revealed this morning. I thank you, God, for every person here, and I pray that our hearts will be open to receive your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I want to start off with asking you a question. How many of you have heard the quote, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called? And if we think about it, when we think about ourselves, we think, you know what, we're, we're not really qualified. But through what Jesus did, he transforms us. He qualifies us. You know, through his grace and what he did on the cross, he takes the unlikely, the unworthy, the unqualified, and he transforms them. And our adequacy comes from him. But I want to ask you another question this morning. How many of us are still struggling with those feelings of, I'm not enough, I'm unqualified, I'm the unlikely person, I don't have the skills. I don't have the training. I can't do this this thing that God is calling me to do. I can't take that next step because I'm not enough or it's too late. And maybe there's a dream or there's a calling or a next step that God has been putting in your heart. He's been placing it there. But what you've done with it is if you've put it in a box You've put it in a box and you've placed it on a shelf or you've placed it in the attic or maybe you've buried it because it's wrapped up in an identity crisis. It's wrapped up in the what ifs or the I've done this, my past is messy or I'm not enough or I don't have those skills or I can't be the mom or I can't be the dad or I can't take that next step in the job or start that business and you're wrapped up in all this doubt and all this fear, and all this fear, and and all this messiness. But I want to tell you today that we're going to take some time this morning, and all those things that we've wrapped around that box, we're going to unwrap them today, and we're going to get rid of them, and we're going to clear space, and we're going to make room for God's truth And today, we're going to renounce anything that's not in agreement with His truth. Those dreams that are placed in our hearts are not there by coincidence. They are placed there by a Father who loves us, a Father that has called us, a Father who sees us as worthy, as qualified, as adequate, 
as deserving. So today, I want you to just take some time. I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to allow God to clear that space. And I want you to allow God to speak truth to you today. We're going to talk about one of those unlikely heroes that we read about in the Bible. The Bible is full of those unlikely heroes. We think about Moses or David. And today we're going to talk about Peter. And when we think about Peter, we know that Peter was a little rough around the edges. He was impulsive. He was stubborn. He was a fisherman. And he seemed like an unlikely person who God would call. So we're going to read out of the book of Luke, chapter 5. And it says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. So stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it into the water. So we sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. But when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the boat. And as soon, both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I am too much a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. But Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. I'm going to say that again. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I want you to hear today, don't be afraid of moving forward. Don't be afraid. After Peter realized what happened, when he realized, okay, I took this step, I followed Jesus. Oh my goodness, these nets, they're full, they're tearing. Okay, immediately fear struck. And immediately he started doubting himself. And he started fearing his past what he had done, all the mistakes, all the failures, all the messiness. He was afraid of his past, his mistakes, his character, but Jesus saw otherwise. Jesus saw something different. In John 1.42, it says, Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus, and looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. You see, when Jesus looked at Peter, he didn't just look at him. 
He looked through him. He looked through the mess. He looked through the failures. He looked through the setbacks. But what he saw was a man who was called to be a rock. He saw an unlikely person. Jesus saw a man with promises of victory. You see, Jesus knew his thoughts. He knew his fears. He knew his failure. He knew his past, but Jesus also knew his future. He wasn't looking in courts or palaces. He was by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw a man. And when he saw him, he saw a man that was chosen. He saw a man that was victorious, and he saw a man that had a future. And so this man would eventually become one of the pillars of the early church, and he would change the world You see, God loves the unlikely. He loves the unqualified. He loves the undeserving. And what he does is he takes those people, like you and I, and he uses them to change the world. You see, Peter left his all to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus. And when you think about it, Peter... Can you imagine? He became one of the most privileged men because he walked with the Messiah. He witnessed miracles. He listened to a wealth of teaching. He hung out with our Savior. So I want to ask you today, what are you afraid of? What is holding you back? What lies are we believing? Because today I want you to understand that fear is a thief. And fear is a liar. And fear corrodes our belief in God. So we, as we go on and we talk about the man Peter, we all know the story of Peter walking on water. And if we look in the book of Matthew chapter 14... It says, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far, far, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in fear they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, and once again, he said those three words, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. And then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. And so he replied, yes, come. So Peter went to the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. And he said, save me, Lord. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. He said, you have so little faith. Why would you doubt me? And when they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. The disciples worshiped him and said, you really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Don't be afraid of moving forward. I know a lot of times in life, believe me, I've been there. A lot of times we experience that sinking feeling where we feel like we're drowning where we feel like we can't get our head above the water, where we feel like it's just wave after wave that is crashing on us. 
And a lot of times we allow it to overtake us. But when we come to realize that he is with us, he's right there with his outstretched hand. He's right there ready to pull us up out of those waters. That is freedom. That is freedom. That's the freedom we experience that shows us that we can move forward. You see, fear steals our devotion to God. It is a thief. It is a liar. Because when we have fear, that fear that's keeping us from moving forward, we have those what ifs that are in our mind. What if this happens? What if they think of me this way? What if I can't do it? What if I fail? What if I'm not smart enough? What if I don't have the skills to do this? It's corroding our belief system. It's corroding our mind. It's stealing our devotion to God. And we become devoted to that fear, that fear of being accepted, that fear of rejection, that fear of abandonment. But when we become free from fear, we recognize God's word. We recognize his truth. And we recognize that Jesus defeated fear on the cross. He defeated that fear for you and he defeated that fear for me. And when, we're, when we realize this, we realize our identity in him. You see, our greatest need is love. And the greatest act of love is what he did on the cross. What he sacrificed on the cross for you and I. So when we realize this and we are in sync with, our, with his truth and we come to know our identity in him, all things are possible. All things are possible. So I want to tell you today, it's time to put the problem back in his hands. It's time to put the problem back in his hands and let him take control. If you have a dream, if you have a calling, if you have a desire that has been placed in your heart, it's time to give it back to him. It's time to take it back to the place of hope. Because when the enemy comes in and he tries to tell you, you can't do that, you're not enough, you're inadequate, we can say, oh no, God is in control. God is in control. I have taken it back to him. God is in control and I know who I am in him. We have already given it to God and he is in control. So I want to tell you today, it is time to let go of our past failures. It's time to let go of it. In Isaiah 43, starting in verse 16, it says, this is what God says. The God who builds the road right through the ocean, who carves a path through the pounding waves, the God who summons the horses and the chariots and the armies, they lie down and they can't get up. They are snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. 
I am about to do something brand new. I am bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I am making a way through the desert, rivers and badlands. Wild animals will say thank you, the coyotes and the buzzards, because I have provided the water in the desert, rivers through the sun-baked earth, drinking water for the people I chose the people I made especially for myself, a people custom made, custom made to praise me. It is time to move forward, to move forward. Don't let fear hold you back. It's time to move forward. It's time to take your promised land back. It's time to take back what the enemy has stolen from you, what God has promised for you. It's time to take back our promised land. And I want to tell you today, it is not too late. It is not too late. A lot of times in life, we think because of our past or because of our failures, or maybe it's because of our age or whatever it may be, we may think it's not too late. But if we look at Peter's story, it wasn't too late for him. You see in Luke chapter 22, it said, but here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined the son of man must die. But the sorrow awaits the one who betrays him. The disciples began to ask each other which one of them would ever do such a thing. You see, Jesus knew what was ahead. He knew what was ahead for Peter. He knew what was in his future. And then we know as we go on, you know, Peter, he wanted to go to prison with Jesus. But Jesus turns around and he said, let me tell you something, Peter. Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to tell people you don't even know me. And so he, he flees, he goes out, and people begin to recognize him. And they begin to ask him, aren't you one of them? And he denies the, the one he loves. And then another person asks, he says, oh no, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And then another person asks, I don't know him. I don't know him. And so he denies Jesus three times, three times. But that's not where his story stops. It's not where it stops. You see, in verse 61, it says at that moment, when the rooster crowed, Jesus turns around and he looks at Peter. He turns around and he looks at him. And you know, in that moment, I'm sure that Peter had these waves of guilt, despair, ruin, All of those things came over him. He remembers what Jesus said at the Last Supper. Immediately, those things come over him. But here he is in the moments of pressure. Peter had failed and failed and failed again, the one he loved. But the one he loved knew the failure. He knew what was ahead for people. He knew what he was going to do before he did it. But remember, he knew the future for Peter. He knew the future. He knew how much he loved Peter. Because even the roughest diamond, even the roughest person can be cut and polished and transformed and made into something beautiful. Who is going to do God's work? 
who is going to glorify him. So you see in that moment, that look, when he turns around and he looks at Peter, that moment where Peter is just weeping and sobbing and all of those regrets come over him. They take over him. He feels like he's drowning. In that moment, there was a man and his name was Jesus who was going to stick by Peter closer than a brother. He was going to stick by him and he knew what was ahead. And we don't know for sure what happened in all of those moments and the timing of it. But as he's being flooded, Peter's being flooded with guilt and remorse his master is being led away to do the most sacrificial act of all for Peter, for you, for me. He was going to save him from that despair and ruin because it wasn't too late. It wasn't too late for him. When he looked at Peter, he didn't say failure. He saw the man he had chosen to be one of his disciples who would later lead others to Christ, a man who would have a redemption story to be shared, a redemption story to be shared, an unlikely man, an unqualified man who was made for greatness. It wasn't too late for Peter, and it's not too late for you and I. It's not over until God says it's over because he has the final word. So it's time to not give up and keep moving forward because you see, God can take our weakness and he can take our past and he can take our messiness and he can turn it around for his glory because it truly is all about him. It's all about him and him being glorified. Does it mean we stay stuck in the same cycle? the same patterns. No, it means we take that step. We allow God to come in. We allow God to start showing us his truth and to bring that inner healing that we need. We allow him to come in and break that cycle for us, to heal us, because he started the healing process when he died on the cross for you and I. That's where it started. And if we just take that step and accept that healing, he transforms us. He makes us great. He calls us to greatness. Because you see, every tear that we've shed, every hardship that we've gone through, every sorrow that we've felt, that's a seed that he can take. And he can take it and plant it in our tomorrow and someone else's tomorrow. Everything that the enemy meant for bad, he can turn around for good. Because you see, God knew Peter. He knew the most awful things about him, the ugliest things about him, but he chose him and he called him because he knew what the future held for him. So it's time to stop the unhealthy thinking. It's time to take that step and move forward because it's not too late. And I'll tell you, I'm living proof of it. it's not too late. I was raised in a Christian home. I went to church. I was called to full-time ministry at the age of 12. At the age of 16, it was prophesied over me that I was going to speak to thousands of women. I still don't know where 
that I'm, I guess that'll be coming. But anyways, but I knew I was called to do something, but things in life came. There were hurts. There were things that were done to me. There were words that were said against me. And I ran away from God. And I spent probably a good 10 years of my life running away from God, doing everything I could to rebel against what I'd been taught, rebel against what his word had said. I didn't want anything to do with church people. I didn't want anything to do with church because it had hurt me. But then I'd made the decision to come back. And it started here actually at Pathway. And I allowed God to heal me. And I allowed God to speak to me. And the healing process started. And it really was taking a next step. It was taking a step on a Saturday night when we were having Saturday night um, services at the Ramada on the other side of town. There was an altar call and I took a step and I moved forward. And that altar call changed my life. And the word that was spoken over me changed my life. And the healing process started. And then I was, became part-time here and then full-time. And there are still things that God is doing and he's still working in my life. And in a moment, we were, it was not about a year ago, actually it was probably almost exactly a year ago, we were at Gateway and I was at um, a freedom conference that they call Kairos there. And Kairos is really a time between you and God. And I'd really still been struggling with the idea of, is it too late? Is it too late? Yeah, I know I'm, I'm working at a church, but really God, what you've called me to do, is it, was it really too late for that? And I heard the Lord say to me in that moment, I remember sitting in my chair, it was on the end of an aisle, and I remember him saying, I will restore the time that was lost. And not only will I restore it, I will restore it double. And I will equip you to do things that you could never imagine that you could do. And he's doing that. And he's still doing that in my life. And really, in the past year, I have seen him restore time, restore relationships, restore things that were lost. He is a good father who loves each one of us, who has chosen each one of us. And when he looks at us, he doesn't just look at us, he looks through us. He looks past the mistakes and the failures, and he sees future. He sees a future with victory with victory. The enemy wants to tell you it's too late because he fears what you will do in the future. I want you to remember that. The enemy wants to tell you it's too late because he fears what you will do in the future. He knows that we are life bearers. He knows that we are the people that usher in the glory of God. He knows that. So it's time to stand up, take a step, and move towards your mission. Move towards what God is calling you to do. Take that step that God has called you to take. You don't have to be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's not too late. And then when we understand who we are in Christ, 
it completely transforms. It completely changes the way we live. You see, in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus, and we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Long ago. We know he knew us. We knew us before we were ever born. And he had all these great things planned for us, and he still does. Your story is still being written. It hasn't stopped. And for Peter, his story did not stop when he denied, when he betrayed Jesus. It didn't stop there. It did not stop there. The story of Peter is a story of redemption. Yes, we know that Peter denied Jesus three times, but we serve a loving father who loves us so much that he saves us from our failures and our mistakes, and he chooses us just like he chose Peter. If you're reading in um, chapter 21 of John, it talks about after Jesus' resurrection, and it tells about how, you know, the disciples, they're fishing in their boats, and then they look across, and they see this person, and Simon Peter immediately recognizes that it's Jesus, and he takes off running in the water. He takes off running to him. And in the moments following that, here he is, the man, Peter's the man that had denied Jesus three times. But Jesus knew he was going to restore him. He was going to redeem him. The Lord demonstrated his grace by restoring the one who had publicly failed him. And he transformed him into an amazing, outstanding, courageous person, leader of his people, You see, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And then Jesus replies, then feed my lambs. But then Jesus repeated the question. So here's number two. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Okay, then take care of my sheep. And then a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was a little bit hurt at this point. And he said, because Jesus had asked this question for a third time. But he said, Lord, you know everything and you know I love you. And then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Peter denied him three times. But Jesus offered him restoration. And Peter was able to demonstrate his love for Jesus right there. And restoration came to Peter. Because a heart that's been restored can have an amazing effect, can change the world. And if we go on and we read in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, we see a man, a man with a rough past, a man with a rough, um, made mistakes, failures, 
denied the one he loved three times, we see a man stand up in front of people that had mocked and crucified Jesus. He stands up before him and he starts telling them about Jesus, about what Jesus had done. And thousands came to know Christ that day. Thousands came to know Christ that day. God was glorified through him. God chose Peter. He knew his mess, but he looked through it and he saw a man with promises of victory, a courageous man who was gonna change the world. You see, the closer we get to God, the more we understand who we are in him, we will understand that he has everything we need to be that person that he has called us to be and to accomplish the mission that he has called us to. The messiest, muddiest, most difficult roads lead to the most beautiful destinations. It is time to take back our promised land. It is time to move forward. It is not too late. Draw near to him. Lean into him. It's time to take that dream, that calling, that next step, whatever it may be, It's time to take that thing off the shelf, out of the attic, dig it up from the ground, and it's time to take it back to the place of hope where it can be restored. (coughs) So it's time. If God has called you to do something, do it. He will give you everything you need to accomplish the mission, to accomplish the plan. A lot of times the area where we're struggling is usually the area that God's calling us to. Lean into him, press into him, receive his truth and remember your identity in him. Remember that you were created on purpose for his purpose. Stop comparing yourself to others. Stop trying to be someone you're not. Because when we do that, it sets us up for failure every single time. Stand up and be the person that he created you to be. You will succeed when you're your own. You will succeed when you are the person that he called you to be. When you fill your mind with his truth and his word, you are equipped to carry out his mission. When we plug into the source and we understand that our identity comes from him, he transmits that identity to us through his expression of perfect love. It's time to take the dream, to take the calling, to take the next step and give it back to God. Take it back to the place of hope because he is in control and he has everything we need. Peter understood that. He grasped that. It may have taken him a little bit of messiness and a messy road to get there, but he did it. But he didn't do it alone. He did it by pressing into the Father. And then he wrote the books of Peter. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into wonderful light. 
Once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. This is written by a man who when Jesus called him on that day by the Sea of Galilee, he was like, oh no, Lord, I can't. I can't. I'm too rough. I'm too messy. And now if we look now at Peter, he stands up and proclaims, I am a chosen person. We are a chosen people and our identity comes from him. We are life bearers. We are life bearers. And the enemy wants nothing more to affect that. He wants nothing more to attack our identity because he knows what we can do for God. He knows the influence we make. He knows that we are influencers. The world out there needs to hear you. They need to hear your voice. They need to hear your story because your story is still being written. You don't have to be afraid. It's not too late. And when we lean into him and we understand our identity in him, he transforms us. Our lives completely change. It's time to stand up and take back everything that's been stolen from us. It's time to take back our promised land. Get the dream. Get the calling. Get those things off of the shelf wherever you've put them and take them back to the place of hope. Right now, I'd like everybody just to bow your heads. And I want us to, um, we're going to press into God this morning or now this afternoon. And I want you to ask God, to reveal a dream, a calling, a next step, whatever he's asking you to do, I want you to ask him to reveal that thing that you've boxed up and packed away. To show you that. Because that calling... And that next step and that dream is not there by coincidence. It was put there by a father who created you as a masterpiece, who knew you before you were even born. So ask him to reveal that thing to you, that dream. Next, I want you to ask him to show you what lies did you believe that held you back from moving forward in that? What lies did you wrap around that dream? What lies did you wrap around that calling? Ask him to reveal that to you. Remember I said today we're clearing space for His truth.
now I want you to ask Him to reveal His truth, to show you what He sees in you, what He sees when He looks at you, His truth about what He's called you to do, the next step He's called you to make. While we're still in this time, in your own words, I want you to renounce that lie and I want you to accept his truth. And ask him to help you to move forward, to move forward in your calling, to move forward in your purpose. Now, where you're at, I'd ask everybody to stand up. And in just a moment, there's going to be some words that are going to be on the screen, and it is a declaration. It is about what God is doing in us, what He has already done for us, what His Word says. And we're going to say this together. We're going to speak this over our lives. What we speak is going to be spoken over future generations as well. And so we're going to say this together as a declaration today. So I want you to say, God adopted me. God accepted me. God redeemed me. God restored me. God called me. I am made for greatness. Let's say that one more time together. God adopted me. God accepted me. God redeemed me. God restored me. God called me. I am made for greatness. If you leave with anything today, I want you to leave with that. That is His truth. That is His word. And that is how He sees you. And as we're standing, if you'll just bow our heads.